morning folks it's a joy to be with you again this morning and to share god's word with you as we continue this series in uh, looking at real christianity and trying to understand from uh, john's first letter to the churches of asia minor uh, which is now turkey what he was saying to those early christians about the real christianity that we should be uh, pursuing um, in last week adrian took us through really important topic, uh, the topic of laying down our lives for our brothers, one of the real tests of real Christianity. We saw the example of the Lord Jesus, how the Lord Jesus every day uh, laid down his life in some way for those people who were around them, showed them love, showed them compassion, uh, healed the sick, cared for those people who, who needed caring for, and ultimately gave his life as a sacrifice for us all. And he's really our example to follow, isn't he? He's the one we follow and also he gave us a command as Adrian explained last week gave us a command to love one another and this is one of the themes that we see in first John perhaps after last week's sermon you were feeling quite guilty as I was thinking about how I wish I'd uh, laid down my life more for other people along my life and yet Adrian reminded us last week that uh, our hearts don't need to condemn us because God is the one who is the author of our salvation. He's the one in whom we can have assurance. And one of the things that he mentioned right at the end of the sermon was the fact that God has given us his spirit. And we're going to be looking at uh, the topic of understanding and testing the spirits this morning. This is again uh, the, sec the next part of our series on real Christianity. And it's a really important topic. How do we tell among all the myriad of voices around us, who is telling us the truth? Who has a spirit of truth? And who has a spirit of error? I want us to turn now to 1 John chapter 4 and just read the passage together. And then we're going to come back to think about it a little bit and discuss it together. So let's read together in 1 John chapter 4 and reading from verse 1. Beloved, do not believe every spirit. But test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Just by the way, if you're wanting to know a little bit more about the spirit of the Antichrist, go back to Michael's first sermon in this series, and he explains quite a lot about this topic. We're not going to cover the spirit of the Antichrist in a lot of detail this week. From verse 4, Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. They are from the world, therefore they speak from the world. And the world listens to them. We are from God. Whoever knows God listens to us. Whoever is not from God does not listen to us. By this we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. Let's pray together. Father, as we come to your word again this morning, we pray that your Holy Spirit would guide us in all truth. We pray that we would understand your word to us today, that we would be able to see practical examples of how to put it into practice and that we would be able to take away something today that would help us in our walk with you to live as real Christians, to live authentic Christian lives. We pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 
At ECF, we've often preached on the topic of false prophets, people who claim to be speaking the truth about God, but aren't really followers of Christ. A common voice that we hear today is that we should treat the Bible as a series of interesting stories, stories that have great principles, stories that can teach us important things about life, and stories that we should teach to our children, but not stories that are true, and certainly not stories about the Son of God. Some people take uh, the Bible in a different way, and they see it as a series of promises, which by some mystical way, if they speak these promises, they can speak these promises into fulfillment into their lives. And by doing this, they're able almost like as a genie to call up God and to get uh, what they believe they need or what they want at any particular time. And in some way, take away from the sovereignty of God and the power of God. It's not that these promises aren't true. It's not that we shouldn't stand on the promises of God. But there's almost some mystical way in which if they speak the words, somehow the words come into existence. Others, uh, we read in um, 2 Timothy 3 verse 5, are great students of the word of God. They're always learning, but they're never able to arrive at the truth. They have the appearance of godliness, but they deny its power in their lives. They deny the, they deny the power of God in their lives. And in fact, their lives are often, often characterized by selfishness and sin. Timothy, uh, Paul says to Timothy, they worm their way into people's lives and they lead people astray. They lead people away from God. These are people who would claim to be Christians. But John says in these verses, don't believe everything you hear in the name of Christ. Test what you hear against the standard. We're going to divide these verses this morning into two parts. We're going to divide them into the first three verses and into the second three verses. John is wanting us to be able to know who is from God and who is from the world. You'll see these two Words coming up very uh, frequently in this, uh, this short passage. Who is from God and who is from the world? In the first half of these verses, John is encouraging us to use what I've called the confessing test. In the second half, he, he says use the listening test. In the first half, John addresses the believers as beloved or dear friends. And in the second half, he calls them little children. In the first half, he says, by this you know. And in the second half, he says, by this we know. So let's start in the first three verses, the confessing test. Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone into the world. By this you will know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. John starts by addressing these believers as dear friends. He's about to share something which is really important with them. And he uses this term dear friends six times in this letter. My dear friends. Three out of these six times are to address them about love. Love one another for lovers of God. We're going to see that next week. But this time, he's addressing them with a very specific message. And he's saying, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. 
we see this word, the spirit or spirits used eight times in these six verses. And it's exactly the same word. It is the word pneuma, which is the word for breath or wind. And it's used to talk about the heart of the message. Where is the heart of the message that you're listening to? Where is the heart of the person who is speaking to you? Where is the heart of where the words are coming from? Are they coming from man or are they coming from God? Are they words inspired by God? We come across this very interesting word. It's the word test and it's the Greek word dokimadzo. It's to test, it's to examine something, it's to prove, it's to scrutinize, it's to see whether it is real, to see whether it is genuine, or to see whether it is counterfeit. If you were receiving something uh, as payment in uh, the time when these believers lived, you would have been paid in coins or kind, and it would have been very important to make sure that those coins were genuine, that the value of them, that what the person was giving to you in payment was really what they said it was. Or was it counterfeit? Was it something that looked very close to real coins, but wasn't real? And it was very important for people in that time to test and to check the coins to make sure that they were real legitimate coins. Sometimes that testing, that scrutinizing meant that those coins had to be weighed to make sure that they were really what they, that what they, uh, they said they were. In the same way, John is saying, test and scrutinize and be very careful with what you are given, with what people are telling you, with what people are trying to sell you. Check it and make sure that it is not counterfeit. Don't swallow everything you hear as if it is from the words of God. Here we see the same word is used right through the New Testament in many different verses. In Romans 12 verses 1 to 2 it says, I appeal to you therefore by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. He goes on to say, Paul goes on to say, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. As Christians, we need to test, we need to scrutinize, we need to be really sure that what we're doing is the will of God. And that's an important part of being a real Christian. Adrian spoke last week about our works. And one day, Paul says, our works are going to be tested. We may be able to fool the people around us, but one day God will test our works to see whether they are genuine. And, and quite a, a, a verse to think about is 1 Corinthians 3.13. It says this, each one's works will become manifest, for the day will disclose it. That's the final day of judgment. It will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. That is the same word that is used here to test the messages that we're hearing. And then Paul warns us too to test and discern what is pleasing to God. We've come out of the world. We've come out of darkness. We've come into the light of God's life and light. And now we need to test what we're doing against the test of real Christianity. Are we really following Christ and what we're doing? Or are we still following the works of darkness? In Ephesians 5 verse 7 Paul says this, therefore do not become partners with them. This is people who are leading others astray. For at one time you were in darkness, but now you are in light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, 
And then he goes on to say, try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. Folks, in our own lives, in the way that we're living our lives every day, we need to use the same testing scrutiny against our lives and say, is what we're doing pleasing to the Lord? Is it bringing glory to him? Finally, the last verse I wanted to share with you in looking at this word test is Paul. Paul charges Timothy. Timothy was a young Christian who was being used by God. He was a great teacher of the word of God. But this is what Paul says to him. 2 Timothy 2 verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, one who's been tested. A worker who has no need to be ashamed because he's rightly handling the word of truth. Folks, when we present the word of God, we have a great responsibility to present the word of truth and not to present the flock to those people who are listening with error. And so we're going to look this morning at what are some of these tests that John gives us to help us know what is truth and what is error. There's so many voices out there. A popular voice today will tell us that there's no absolute truth. There's only your own truth. Believe what you believe in your heart and test it against your heart and then, you know, just be happy with what that is. But we saw last week that our hearts are not a good place to test things. Our hearts are pretty untrustworthy. God knows all things. God is the one who is the ultimate test. So how do we test what we hear? How do we make sure that we're not listening to a false prophet, one who is speaking of the Antichrist? John gives us this first test, and I want to call it the test of confessing. Confession that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. So we need to test whether the person who is speaking believes that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. In other words, that Jesus is the Christ, that he is the Messiah of God, that he is God, and that he has come from God. But confessing that Jesus is Christ goes so much further than that. Romans 10 verse 9 gives us a clue. It says this, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So if you're listening to a message and you want to know if it's from God, these are some things that you can do. These are some questions that you can ask yourself. Does the message confess that Christ is the Son of God? More than just a prophet, more than a good person, more than a Son of God, but that is the Son of God. Does the message confess that? Is there evidence from the messenger that he is take, that he or she has taken the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior? This is really important because Jesus needs to be central to every message. And if the messenger becomes more important than the, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ, then that person is not confessing Jesus as Lord. They are becoming the center of attention rather than Jesus being the center of the message. Then does their message conform to what Jesus taught? If Jesus is Lord, are they obeying what Jesus said? Does their message conform to what Jesus said while he was here on earth? Do they believe that Jesus died and rose again for their sins to give them new life? Is that a core part of their message? And then finally, confession, as we saw last week from what Adrian shared with us, is so much more than just words. If it's just words, it's fairly meaningless. But is it followed by action? 
Is it demonstrated in their lifestyle? Do the messengers live in accordance with God's word? Or are they just empty vessels? And Paul calls them uh, clanging cymbals, making a whole lot of noise, but not having any substance. These are some practical ways that we can look at to test the messenger and to see if they really are confessing Jesus Christ as their Lord. John says, By this you will know the Spirit of God. They will confess Jesus Christ is from God. This is the first test. This is the confessing test. Now let's look at the second three verses, and we call this the listening test. John changes the tone of his message here, and he changes the tone of his voice, and he addresses the believers now as little children, my little children. This is used seven times in this letter. Paul uses it once in one of his letters. Jesus uses it twice uh, when he's speaking to his disciples. It's a very kindly term. It's a very gentle term, talking to one's disciples and seeing them as vulnerable children. It's gentle and it's gracious. And when we see uh, John addressing my little children in, in this letter, he's talking about sin when, they need, when, when they're needing grace because they've sinned. It's, he's talking about encouragement when they need to stand firm and not be ashamed. He's talking about warning against personal deception when he's worried about them being deceived. And he's talking about encouragement to be genuine in love and encouragement to know who is in us. And then finally, when he addresses them, finally in the seventh time, he's warning them against personal idols. These are very gentle, personal words that, that John is, is uh uh, speaking speaking about when he when he addresses these people as my little children. So here John has something to say to the disciples of Christ, and he sees them as vulnerable. Perhaps after this uh, short message on testing the spirits and being warned about the Antichrist and watching out for these people, he's thinking that they might be very nervous about how they're going to address and how they're going to discern between the truth and between error. And so he reminds them of something amazing. And uh, we must remember that these early believers didn't yet have the New Testament scriptures. Uh, they were really um, just listening to the apostles and, and following the Lord Jesus' words. And so he says this, Little children, you are from God and have overcome them. For he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. These are beautiful words. These are comforting words. And John says in his gospel, in John 14, verse 16, he says, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. This is the one whom Jesus is speaking, this is the one whom John is speaking about when he says, Little children, you are from God and have overcome them, for he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. There's an amazing truth for us as believers. It's a truth which was uh, valid right back then at the time of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit was given to the first disciples. And it's a truth right now in 2020 that when you and I come to know the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior, and when we make him Lord, he fills us with his Holy Spirit and that Holy Spirit guides us in truth. And so John is saying, don't be afraid, little children. 
If you're feeling vulnerable and wondering how you're going to be able to discern what is right and what is wrong, realize that you are from God. You are born of God and you have been given his spirit and his spirit is greater than the spirit that is in the world. And he goes on in, in John 14 to say that the world cannot receive the spirit and neither knows him, but you and I know him. And I want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you to listen. Listen to the Spirit of God. Don't listen to your own heart, but listen to the promptings of the Spirit of God. Sometimes the Spirit of God is telling us not to do things. He's warning us against things. Sometimes he's encouraging us to do things, to walk in a certain way. And we need to become more and more sensitive to the Spirit of God within us, telling us which way to turn. Of course, it's very easy to, to, to allow our hearts to lead us in the wrong way. And we need to be able to discern what is our heart, what is leading us astray, and what is the Spirit of God. And that's something as we grow in, Christ, in our Christian faith, and as, we, as we, we, we learn how to listen to the Spirit of God, we can become more accustomed to it. But we can also quench the Spirit of God. If we keep pushing down the message that God is giving us, what God is trying to tell us, often he's speaking to us very strongly through his word or through circumstances. And if we keep pushing that down, we're going to miss what the Spirit of God is trying to say to us. Secondly, John says, listen to us. Listen to the apostles. Listen to the ones who walked with Jesus, those whom he appointed to take the message forward. Jesus took 12 disciples and he spent three years with them, teaching them, training them, showing them the way. We know that Judas fell by the way, but Paul became the, the, the last apostle. And so we have the message of the 12 apostles in the Bible collated for us in the New Testament. And we can go back to this and we can have assurance in this because we know they were speaking on behalf of God. They were speaking as they were led by the Spirit of God. And so John is able to say, listen to us because we are from God. You can trust what we say because we are from God. And so that's the second test. When we do the listening test, we need to be able to go back to God's word. We need to go back to the words of the Lord Jesus as captured in the Gospels. And we need to go back to the letters and to the other books of the New Testament where the apostles have captured what God was saying. And we're able, we're able to compare the messages that we're hearing to the, with the listening test of what is in the New Testament. And that is our ultimate test of what is right and what is wrong. What is the spirit of truth and what is the spirit of error? As we close this morning, folks, we have a really important responsibility. We have a responsibility to keep it real. To keep it real and to not be led astray by false prophets, by people who would take us away and into a spirit of error or into the spirit of the Antichrist. We have a duty and an obligation to check whether these people are confessing, when people who are speaking are confessing the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord. Are they real about their Christian walk with Him? Have they given their lives to Him? Do their lives demonstrate this? And secondly, we need to learn as dear children, as vulnerable children, we need to be sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit. We need to be listening to what he is saying to us. And he speaks to us today through his word. He speaks to us through circumstances, often through other believers. And sometimes we will hear the still small voice where God is saying something directly to us. And we need to be ready 
and willing to listen to what he's saying. We also need to test it against what the apostles' teaching was. And we have that today captured in the New Testament where we can refer back to. And that's a great privilege. Each of us can go back into the New Testament and check what the Bible says about any particular topic. So let's be careful as we go into this week. There's so many voices out there, but God wants us to follow the right path. And this series has been all about real Christianity. And this is really an important one for us to be able to test what is real Christianity? What is the truth and what is error? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, as we come to you this morning and we just acknowledge that you are the Christ. You are the Son of God. You came and laid down your life for us and you have given us new life. And we just thank you this morning, Lord, that you have filled each uh, person who has come to you and given their life to you. You filled us with your Holy Spirit. We thank you too, Lord, for your word, which teaches us and from which we can be instructed on the way to walk in our Christian lives. We just pray, Lord, for each believer at ECF and anybody else who's listening to this message. We pray, Lord, that you would lead us by the spirit of truth and that you would help us to avoid the spirit of error, that we would be able to tell truth from error because of what you've given us, these tests, the confessing test and the listening test. Help us, Lord, to walk in your way. Help us not just to be hearers of your word, but help us to be doers of your word, we pray in Jesus' name and for your glory and your sake. Amen. Thank you.